Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. So on the record, I'm Brother Priest. Today is February 13th. 2018. Um, it's third degree. I am traveling to pick up my knucklehead stepson. Is anybody on the line? I can't. Hello, Mr. Brother Cedric. Anybody else on the line? So I heard Brother Robert and Brother Kendrick is uh anybody else there? Shalom, I'm Bernard. Shalom Nation. Shalom. Is that everybody? Judah, Shalom, fam. Shalom. Shalom. Uh, brother Liam, what's the weather like down there? It, it's um, it, it's not bad, but it definitely uh, the the temperature has definitely ch- changed over the course of the day. Um, it's, it got cold like in the middle of the day, and um, the temperature's been dropping and. Uh, a lot of drizzling, so. Yeah, we're having the same thing. Same thing. It was really kind of cold. It was like 30 degrees. I guess it's not really cold, but it was like 30 degrees earlier. Now it's uh, 50 degrees. But, um, yeah, so, Brother Robert, how's everything? Everything's good, brother. How about yourself, man? Everything is uh, decent. It's decent. Okay. Glad, glad to be alive. Uh, Indeed. Um, brother Kendrick, um, have you ever dealt with hypertension, high blood pressure? No, no, sir, I haven't. You know know anybody that has? Yeah, I have a few friends, yes. Hmm, has anybody here dealt with high blood pressure? Or we don't know. Shalom. This is Brother Shedrick. I have dealt with hypertension. Did you get over it? Did you conquer it? Or is it still going on? Let me just say it. I haven't had 
I haven't had episodes in a very long time. I think the last episode I had probably man have been like two thousand and no, I was, I was say like 2009. Let's say 2009. It's been a, that's a that's a long time, but that was like right around the uh, time when I first kind of got like diagnosed with it, and it creeped me the hell out because I had never had it before. Um, I do remember just having like my muscle locking up to a point to where I just couldn't move. And then I just remember, like, not being able to move anything on my body. It just be that kind of bad. Um, and I remember my doctor just telling me, saying that um, you need to make better uh, food choices. You have uh, high cholesterol. <laughs> And I'm, like, super young at the time, so I'm, like, I didn't really understand it because I'm thinking to myself, like, well, what could I be doing? Well, you know, I would have hypertension at such a younger age, and I just remember, you know, uh, I didn't have the healthiest diet. Uh, I did eat a lot of pork. Uh, I did eat a lot of beef. Uh, I ate a lot of junk food. And um, once I stopped doing, once I stopped eating that, I I didn't have I didn't really experience any of that before. I mean I didn't experience any of those things afterwards, but before then it was I had you know never experienced anything uh, before 2009, and it was horrible. Um, I'm just glad that I changed my diet, and I yell. I didn't even know that could happen. I yeah. Mean, I- I was watching this uh, show, um, Unsung, and um, what is that on? TV One Unsung or whatever. And um, it was talking about Billy Preston, the great musician, and how he had high blood pressure, hypertension, and then his kidneys went out, and then he died. And it happened pretty quickly. And um, I just wanted to know if anybody knew anything about that because that, but Billy Preston was a coke abuser. Also, he was a drug addict. So, um, but I was just wondering. So last week we talked about prayer, and I think we kind of covered that pretty extensively. Um, I think we did. So, Brother uh, Bernard, last week you had some scriptures you wanted to speak on. I thought I heard Brother Bernard on the line. Am I crazy? Am I on the line? Is anybody there? Yeah, we can hear you. He was there earlier. I don't, I'm not sure what happened to him. Okay. As long as I'm not crazy. 
Well, hopefully, I'm off the call. I'm back, Shalom. Shalom, brother. You had some scriptures you were trying to share last week. Uh, yeah, there was a couple of them. I'm traveling right now. I mean, I like off the top of my head, that was uh, Second Ezra six and nine. Um, Isaiah fourteen twenty one, Revelation thirteen nine and ten, uh, Obadiah, I think one and eighteen. I'm not sure though, but yeah, I'm trying to. Well, I can't see him right now either. I'm traveling, so um, I have to come back to it. But um, this whole thing that we're doing here. Um, a one-eyed man is God in the land of the blind. Anybody heard that saying before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, this is a little bit deeper, at least from what it looks like to me. But I'm saying that this all-seeing eye that has been adopted by the Illuminati is the one eye, is the mind's eye, obviously, but all the people are walking around blind, deaf, and dumb. They have ears, but they hear not. They have eyes, but they see not. They have hands, but they handle not. Our people are, our people specifically are blind, deaf, and dumb to government, law, and commerce, and they are easily led astray to believe the newest idolatry, like in a heartbeat. It's crazy. But I'm saying this because uh, when we're dealing with business, when we're dealing with business, our people don't have a clue. So we don't understand business, neither do we understand government law and commerce. So we, in a sense, this nation is a one-eyed giant in the land of the blind. It's unfortunate, but it's real. I mean, I'm looking at the actual subject matter and daily content of the so-called conscious who are supposed to be awake. I'm looking at the daily content of the the so-called Hebrew prophets who are supposed to be teaching the quote-unquote truth. But yet, there's no mention of government, law, commerce. Um, so, 
when it comes to this business and this technology that we're utilizing, it's like we are like a one-eyed giant cyclops, like we haven't all applied it yet, but you got to understand our people don't see, they just, uh, a lot of people don't see it, but our people are at the bottom of the totem pole. So I'm saying we're using uh, this technology. Um, Pixeling. Yes. Um, I was going to ask you a question really quick. Um, and it's actually pretty relevant to this discussion that we're having about the one-eyed leader in the land of the blind. Um, it kind of makes me go back to uh, two situations. You had the time where Joseph uh, ended up becoming, uh, I guess what some people would call a vizier, to the king of... Uh, Pharaoh, some so to speak, and then you have a situation where um, Paul and the rest of the disciples, as well as Peter, are preparing to become bishops in the Roman Empire or the beginning of the Roman Empire uh, or whenever the Roman Empire began, so to speak. Um. I was I'm look I'm listening to what you're saying now and I see how all this plays into the one-eyed man uh is leader in the land of the blind cuz at these particular points in time where knowledge was so it was so scarce in terms of how to actually run a government um you had these uh, this small few of uh, people who who were preparing and uh, assembling themselves to step up in roles of leadership and lands and uh, governments and kingdoms of people who who idolize you know gods like you know. Uh, Diana, uh, Queen of Heaven, or uh, Ishtar, or Ra, or whatever you want to call them. And, um, you know, like now, you know, we're in that situation now where we're possibly becoming the bishops <laughs> of our time. Uh, I, I use the word bishop in, in this sense only because the closest thing that we could say uh, where you're coming up in the order of the, uh, what they're calling classical learning or um, this um, uh, holy orders, so to speak, it's the closest thing to it. Um, and with us relearning ecclesiastical government or theocracy, um, it I just suddenly just caught whiff of those things. Um, another thing I wanted, I want to ask you this, brother, because um, I heard um, uh, the other day, I think the brother name, uh, he was from AOC, 
a brother uh, Shar, uh, I can't remember this guy's name, but he was um, talking to um, uh, Shaka Osmos, and they were discussing the Semitic. They were discuss. They were discussing the kings, or uh, of, of Egypt, and. Uh, Yeshua was telling him about the Shemitic kings that ruled. He was saying that the Shemitic kings were the one that actually were predominantly ruling in Egypt. And um, I wanted uh, I wanted to actually, if you remember, having any discussions with us about those. I remember you having those discussion with us back, like when I was in Nucleus. <laughs> no, no, not Nucleus, like um, Aboriginal Academy. And um, I wanted you to shed some light on that, um, this present, if you can. Okay. Um, well, I mean, some of them were Shemites and some of them were not. And um, King Tut, his bloodline were Shemites. And... Some think that King Tut was David, but, you know, uh, I'm saying he was not David because they got, they have him listed under a different name mm-hmm. that I cannot spell, but it starts with a P-S, something of that nature. But um, the people that were, you know, anybody around King Tut, those were Shemites. So... That's pretty much all I can really say because I'm not really too interested in going too deep into it unless I absolutely have to. But yes, anyway, um, what I'm trying to say, I forgot what I was talking about. Uh, uh, what was it? Say it again. Pixel. Pixel. Pixeling. All right. Pixeling and cookie. Uh, Lynn, can you explain cookie, internet cookie? Yeah. Um, so all, all cookie is is just a little file that um, some, like when you go to some websites, um, depending on uh, the the design of the website, it may want to cache information on your disk. But basically, it's just like a little file where the website will stuff in information that um, is basically caching it so so it doesn't have to pull it every time you come to the website. So it's, it's, it just um, partitions off some storage on your hard drive using this little file um, as a mechanism to do that. Thank you, sir. So, pixeling, um, the best way I can describe it is it captures information when, when you go onto a website, it captures information about what you are looking at, how long you stay on whatever you're doing. 
So the purpose of this, um, they use it on Facebook, and we're using it through our blog to be able to create what they call on Facebook an audience. All right, now, um, what this actually is is uh, social analysis and psychological analysis. If you know what people are doing when they go onto a website, what they're looking at, you can pretty much learn a whole lot about them. When we're using this for commercial purposes, excuse my windshield wipers, you all. When we're using this for commercial purposes, it helps to know things about your your target audience. You learn things about your target audience that basically teaches you their psychology, the things that they're interested in, and then you can learn a whole lot more about them. Uh, and knowing that, that means if I know that if I know that these certain types of people are going on to my website or my blog or my Facebook page, and they're staying on there for ten minutes. And then another group of people are going to to the same location, and they're staying on there for 30 seconds. And I know quite possibly the people that are on there for 10 minutes are probably more interested in my website or my blog or whatever. Now, Facebook allows you to create an audience because it's going to tell you this is what pixeling does. It's going to tell you age groups, gender groups. It's going to tell you location, whether somebody's in New York or Texas or wherever they are. So you get a chance to see and create, uh, well, build your own audience to be able to build a clientele and build what build things that you can sustain yourself economically off of by knowing what your audience is. Um, Brother Kendrick, uh, did that make any sense at all? <laughs> I hope. Yes, sir, it did. It helps. It helps you draft a, a um, potential customers, an audience for your products and business, and it's, it's actually giving you a tool to to to, to construct that audience. Giving you their whereabouts, how long they stayed, what they were interested in, um, where they came from, their geographic location, time of day, um, age group. All that old good information you can use to construct whatever type of audience you want to um, 
market directly to those specific types of people in mass or however, whatever size you choose to make that uh, audience. Uh, yeah. How powerful do you think that is? It's very powerful. I mean, it's, it's the life of Facebook. They 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 have grown their business on that. So here's the thing. When we're working in business, when you're promoting, there is a very, very strong spiritual aspect that is related. And it's something that you have to take seriously. Because when we start using this information, it's something that you can really use to do some damage. So I just wanted to first point out that this is a powerful tool so that we can understand and understand this is a responsibility. It's seriously a, a big, major responsibility. Now, as long as I've been doing these things, you know, I could have set them aside and said, you know, forget this. I'm not going to teach the people. I'm just going to go and just make me a quick $10 million and, for you know, forget these Negroes. But I sacrificed my life. And, you know, to dedicate to turning these niggas into to flesh and blood living souls again instead of the savages that we've become. That's my life, right? It's your life. Do not use this information that we're going to be doing to do dastardly deeds. And I'm putting that out. And I'm putting the charge on you and getting it off of me. (laughs) Because there's a whole lot of things you could do to really sway people's minds through these types of uh, information. And you really don't want to do that unless you, you know, you're inviting some type of... um, karmic debt on yourself. But in order to control, I won't say control, in order to run government, you must know the psychology of the people that you govern. You must know it. This is how governments are ran. This is how Businesses ran. So the same information that you have that we're about to get into here is knowledge that is ancient. The practice of this is ancient. This is not new. This didn't just come up with Facebook. Psychological analysis for the purpose of commerce. Um, 
Lynn, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Um I I don't uh I don't have any issue with what you said. Um Yeah, I don't have anything to add right now, brother. Okay. Thank you, sir. Brother Robert, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, like you, it's everything that you pretty much pointed out, brother. Um, social media, you know, in a lot of respects, can be uh, used for the purposes of, like you mentioned in uh, the Fitches of Men class, and in some respects here, it can be used for good or for evil. You know what I'm saying? Uh, particularly, a lot of our people, you know, use it for. They don't really see um, the importance of the social media component and how it can, you know, you're utilizing this platform to be able to, uh, you know, uh, make a living. And as a matter of fact, uh, what the people really need to understand, and which is why I know Brother Preacher brought this up, uh, you know, this particular Internet um way to make money on the internet is because this is where everything is going to go to, you know, in the near future. Everything is about to go toward the internet, digital. Uh, you already know about the digital currency, the cryptocurrency, and all this other type of stuff. Um, you already know the situation about, you know, the mom and pop stores and brick and mortars um, shutting down, everything being outmoded by automation and all this other type of stuff. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, this is where the paradigm shift is leading toward. It's leading toward the Internet. And to be able to understand the fundamentals and the basics and this, you know, uh, what you call science, to be able to uh, utilize this to make uh, yourself, but not just yourself, but also to be able to reach. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. You know, the Internet is you know, like I pointed out before, it can be used for good or for evil, but it's incredible how many people you can reach in a matter of seconds in a short span of time, what type of information you can be able to transfer in, in a certain period of time with fractions of time than it's ever been in the history of trade or the history of transactions or the history of a lot of things. Um, and one of the key things that got to be understood, especially us here, as a nation, I know Brother Priest is bringing this up because one of the key factors in a nation is technology. And you have to understand what the new technology is all about uh, as one of the sustainable methods for a nation. You have to really align yourself with the new technology and you have to understand the paradigm shift. You know, um, it's, it's, you know, a lot, a lot of these other people use it for you know, their, their purposes, whatever, to snoop on people, you know, evade people's privacy, um, check out people's demographics, IP addresses, and all that other type of stuff, or whatever the case may be, um, you know, for whatever purpose they use it for. 
But you got to admit that this invention, man, is a powerful, powerful invention, man. And, like, you know, when we sit back and, you know, Brother Priest brings, you know, all of this stuff in terms of, like, the Internet and the type of potentiality that can be used with this, man, it's it's just amazing, man. And it just, uh, you know, it just, it just gets me excited because, you know, now the average person who wouldn't be able to have been able to uh, make a living can actually do it. But understanding the fundamentals and to the point to where it's much, much more easier at this moment to be able to create um, something sustainable for yourself. I mean, it's just it's just an amazing thing, man. So um, everything you're talking about, you know, you know, running government, understanding the psychology of the people, I mean, you know, that's pretty much what the brother is pretty much a, you know, in a different capacity, but you can utilize the information for other things, you know, the psychoanalytics and the Google analytics, you can convert that over into what, what the brother said in terms of government. So, I mean, this is a really, really, um, it's, a, it's a great investment that uh, the brother's dropping on us, man, and I yield. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I think what concerns me uh, the most is I'm really want to make sure that we remain balanced because um, we got to be spiritually balanced because we're at a place that once this, once we get in this um routine of this uh, we could lose some souls to the dark side so to speak um when you become financially successful and I'm putting this on the record February 13, 2018 will you remember how you got there. Will you remember who brought you there? Will you remember the most high at such a time as that? Because what traditionally happened is that you you, you tell yourself that you got it all together. But in reality, you keep thinking you're so spiritual and all this stuff, but you get you become easily blinded, and you can get away from it very quickly. And this is a powerful, powerful. Um, tool here and I don't want to lose the people here I think we got a solid foundation I think we all got a solid grasp but I'm saying this because as we move into this you got to watch yourself but you got to be mindful of your brothers and sisters and not just the people in this nation but 
we're stepping out here and probably more than anything, our people need a spiritual balance with their economic growth because I can see them getting really crazy. It's like it's like what you see was going on in hip hop. Like it's really shameful how they have gotten away from the original principles, which was that I remember when I was young, which was really about intelligence. It, it had everything to do with intelligence. You had to be creative. You had to have a brain and write good stories and things like that. And and then it was about uplifting the people. But I just had to lay that foundation. So look, Facebook pixeling is connected to our central manifest site. So if somebody goes to your website, blog, or Facebook page, you're going to be able to build an audience. Okay, you're going to be able to know exactly what they're doing. So I'm saying this because as your blog is blogging and we put it on automatic to where it's blogging or even if you're doing the blogs or whatever, however you're doing it, um, you're going to be able to collect this information and tap into the psychology of people. Now, the good part or the good part of that is you want to be able to build an audience that you know you put a product in front of them that they're going to like and they're most likely going to purchase. That's the good thing. But I can very easily see people becoming financially secured and losing their spiritual way. Like that one movie um, with Johnny Depp. What is this movie? Ninth, is it Ninth Gate, I think? Did anybody see Ninth Gate? That, that was, that was the, the, the one about the book. Yeah. Right, about the book. And what happened was that those people that were chasing after it, they were lusting after that power and that information. And that one guy, when he got the stuff, he he obviously got the wrong stuff or whatever, that he thought he was so invincible that he could set himself on fire. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the ego is tricky. And you can lose yourself in that in a heartbeat. That's why when people get away from the nation, they lose it quick. Like we had some brothers that recently... um tried to step away, take some time away based on phone excuses 
then, which were which I I know weren't true because he he doesn't realize that he told me out of his own mouth that he was lying. <laughs> but anyway, um, so he got away from it, and his mind left him that quick. Everything that he that he should have been learning in this nation, he just threw away quick. And he lost his way. I've seen this happen to countless number of brothers that thought they had it figured out. The one brother, his actual name is, uh, birth name is Tarion. We knew him as Tobias. But I see him as this guy in his ninth gate that was lusting after this power and his information. I see him as that now, as this guy that was lusting after this power and this information, and he became self-destructive. And I'm just laying that out as a foundation of how we need to, what we need to be looking out for, man. Because this is, this is a power that in the wrong hands could uh, really do some damage. Uh, Brother Shedrick, what are your thoughts? It's interesting. Um, I remember um, I took a social statistics class. And uh, <laughs> it's funny how all this is coming back now. Um, when you're in, when you're, you know what, when I went, when I ended up going to college, I think um, like most people, I kind of got like, uh, I don't know, college struck or whatever you want to call it. I think you just, you know, you get so eager about going to college that sometimes uh, once you get there and you see that is not what you expect it to be, you um, you kind of just say, oh, wow, okay. So you kind of just take what you can from it. And I just remember being in social social statistics, and I remember – us having these discussions about um, uh, population growth, you know, um, um, population deaths um, in the next five, ten years and things of that nature. And all this was based on some uh, formulas. There's always some different formulas um, uh, of which are used to determine certain outcomes in in, in general society in different places in society. And I kind of just look at what uh, you just described as our um, our uh, social statistics. Um, some people, I, I guess if you want to look at it in terms of, uh, I guess you want to say uh, some type of spiritual reflection, or let me be more honest, if you want to talk about relating this back to the scriptures, it will almost kind of be like prophesying. Um, I don't know to what degree it will be prophesying, but nonetheless, um, the only reason I'm saying it in that way is because the way that you express the dire need of being careful about it, I could see why it's important. Um, because when you're talking about uh, quote-unquote pixeling, and uh, social network like Facebook, um, you see all kinds of different things. 
And, you know, sometimes if you're not, you know, like you say, if you're not spiritually checked, you know, you can let the weakness of the people um, give you some uh, false ego, and then you become a predator and do all kinds of things just because you have the ability to know these people. Um, I think that's very important, especially when we're getting ready to, you know, embark on this because we got to remember at one point in time, um, and even now you still have these uh, people who are doing the exact same thing to us. You know, they built their whole system around uh, what kind of flavored cereal that we like and what colors are going to spark a certain interest in the type of cereals that we choose or what certain jingle or sound uh, is going to go with that color in order to trigger something in you to make you, you know, want that cereal or that football or that basketball or this shirt or these new Jays or whatever have you. Um, so you're right. It is very important. And um, I, I'm glad that we're having this discussion because, you know, most of the time when if these things do go unchecked, we end up with situations um, with where you have people like the Polites or Anki or whoever else in the quote-unquote ghetto Athens, um, they they prey on the people. They end up preying on the people. And we don't want anybody who is supposed to be a priest uh, to do these things. You know, you don't know what kind of karma you will bring upon yourself. Um, I yield, brother. Good point, brother. You don't know what type of karma you will bring on yourself. And um, I'm, I'm going to switch gears for a moment while this is uh, heavy on my heart. Um, numbers, let me think, what is it? Numbers chapter 15, vert, I'm going to, hold on, let me find it one more time. the brother looking for that? Apples, beets, ginger, cucumbers, celery is good for high blood pressure. I yield. Thank you, sir. Brother, can I say something while you look for that? Yes, sir. It's almost, this Aquanar chop, children. It's almost like, you know, the analogy of a father tell, telling his children, I need you to come home before the street lights come on. So we're getting a warning and you you know, you're imparting to us a message, you know, in order for us to move to the next level, you have to have a righteous balance 
or else it's going to blow, blow up in your face. And uh, we've been equipped with tools, and, you know, we can be effective with the tools if we just don't lose focus and, and, and stay balanced and doing things one step at a time. And we have tons of examples out in the public in uh, the music industry, the, the sports, uh, sports industry, all these people who've made all this money and lost it all because they, did, they didn't have a balance. And the Most High will expose you and put the high beam on you and, and use you as an example of if you don't have that balance, you will lose everything. So the training that we're receiving here to be able to, uh, you know, actually have some financial success to, to alleviate some financial hardships, but if you don't have the balance, you're going to get the big head, you're going to get the ego, you're going to lose sight of, what, of what's important and what we're trying to accomplish. And that's why you keep reiterating over and over again, we've got to have that balance. We've got to stay focused. Uh, you've got to stay in that word every day because the, the, the book of life, which is the Bible, is what's going to be your balance. It will keep you even keel. You won't get the big head. It'll, it'll help you to stay humble. And then you'll be able to utilize the tools. So with the um, the websites, the social media, being effective at marketing, being effective at advertising to uh, promote your products and service services, you know all these things go together. But it all blow up in your face if you don't you don't have that balance. I yield. Praise the Lord, man, that is great, brother. Um, let me set this up because uh, I, I'm going to explain what I'm about to read. Okay. Moses is leading us out of Egypt on our way to set up shop in our own land that's promised to us or whatever you want to say about it. Now, we're in between. We're in the wilderness. Now listen what's going on. Numbers 15 and 15. Actually, maybe I should open up my screen. Yeah, I'm going to open up my screen. Hold on. I know everybody's not going to be able to see it, but I'm going to open it up anyway. And I'm going to uh, read this. So you're going to go to join that free conference call dot com slash Network tone for those who have it, who have it.
Never despise humble beginnings. Never despise humble beginnings. Numbers 15 and 15. Wait a minute. Let me go up above that. Numbers 15 and 13. All that are born of the country shall do these things after this manner. In offering an offering made by fire or, excuse me, of a sweet savor unto the Lord. Does anybody know what that is? It was a sacrifice. It was a sacrifice, but, yeah, it was a sacrifice, but, hmm. All right, let me go up above it. Uh, let me go to verse 10. And thou shalt bring forth. You all got to hear this good. Got to hear this. I should go all the way to the beginning. It'll make more sense then. But I just don't want to read this whole thing. Uh, remember, they're out They're out in, in between marching to the, they're not marching, but they're camping. Okay, they're moving forward to, Man, Lynn, how are you doing that with the microphone? <laughs> I wonder, can I do that? Click to mute. Attend- no, I don't want to mute. Oh, well. All right. Remember, they're out in the wilderness. All right. Now, you got to really visualize this as you're hearing it and read it. You got you to gotta put your mind back back in that place. Verse 9, then shall he bring with a bullock a meat offering. Listen carefully. A meat offering, a three-tenths deal of flour mingled with half and hen of oil. And thou shalt bring for a drink offering half a hen of wine for an offering made by fire of a sweet, savory, savor, excuse me, unto the Lord. Thus shall it be done for one bullock or for one ram or for a lamb or a kid. According to the number that ye shall prepare, so shall ye do to everyone according to their number. Hmm. All that are born of the country shall do these things after this manner. An offering, an offering by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. 
Did anybody catch it? What's going on Thank here? You. Is this Shalom? Okay, oh, Shalom. This is when. Uh, are they um, paying tribute or tax? Well, actually, I want to say yay and nay. Yes, they kind of are, but yes, they are. Oh, man. But that's not what I'm trying to pull out. But, yeah, I mean, I I guess I can only say yes. But it's something specific. Go ahead, brother. You there? Oh, I'm here, brother. I I was going to say what brother um, uh, Lynn was saying, but I wasn't going to say uh, taxes. I was going to say tithing, but nonetheless, if that's not the focus, then I'll just wait for you to tell us what we're looking at because I'm not sure how – I'm not sure what exactly um, – what to find. All right, let me rephrase it. Let me rephrase the question. Listen to what they're doing, see it in your mind, and then bring it up to modern times and imagine this is us doing this. I'm not talking about as Hebrews. I'm talking about in the same condition we are in right now as niggas. I'm saying, what would this be in modern times? I want to say, say, is it like bartering some type of exchange? Mm, man. Well, no. I mean, because, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw it out there. <laughs> so, um, All right. Imagine this is modern day times, and I'm gonna pull certain things out of this, these scriptures, and I'm gonna just say certain words, and then I hope that you see it. Shalom, sir. <laughs> um, I know this is probably like not right, but I'm just gonna throw it throw it out there. Is it a family reunion that's occurring? You're close. That's not it, but you're close. What actually? No. Let me say this. You, you, oh, Jesus Christ! Like you, you're right. But yes, you're right because they are. Remember, they're marching from Egypt to to Israel. So they are doing at this time, they are looking amongst twos amongst who they're counting up the yeah, you're right. You're right, but that's almost what I'm trying to say. You oh man, you hit it, but Jesus. Uh I don't want to give it away. I wanna see if you if somebody can say it. Now what you just said what do they what do they do at a family reunion? Barbecue. Okay, there we go. There we go. There we go. Now, listen again. Verse 9. Then shall he bring a bullock, a meat offering of three-tenth deals of flour mingled with half a hen of oil. 
What? So he's going to bring meat as a quote-unquote offering, and they're going to use some oil. Reason, <laughs> and thou shalt bring it for a drink offering. Half a hen of wine for an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. Would this one have anything to do with like politics, would it, brother? Well, hmm. Just hold that thought. Just hold that thought. Okay. Let me let these scriptures answer it okay. for you. Okay, but they'll follow me here. They are barbecuing. Now, mind you, they 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 left. They they left Egypt. They're in the wilderness. They're they're counting up the numbers of the people that are with them. They're meeting, greeting, shaking hands. You know, hey, we we come we coming out of the wilderness family reunion, and they're barbecuing. Now, as they're barbecuing, this is being called a meat offering, and this is being called a drink offering. And what do niggas do when we get together and have family reunion and barbecue? We eat meat and we drink. Right. Okay. Now, it's going to get more critical, so just try to follow me here. Let me go to verse 12. Well, yeah, okay. According to the number that ye shall prepare, so shall ye do to everyone according to their number. According to their number. What is this? What is that? Census. Thank you. It's the census. Now, okay. All that are born of the country shall do these things after this manner. In offering, an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And if a sojourn, a stranger sojourn with you, and if a stranger sojourn with you, or whosoever be among you in your generations, and will offer an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord as ye do, so shall so he shall do. What is this saying? The stranger, the sojourner, is required to do the same things we're doing. Verse 15, one ordinance shall be both for you of the congregation, also for the stranger that sojourneth with you. An ordinance forever in your generation as ye are so shall the stranger be before the Lord one law and one manner shall be for you 
and for the stranger that sojourneth with you. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye come into the land whither I bring you, then it shall be that when ye eat of the bread of the land, ye shall offer up and heave offering unto the Lord. Now hold that right there. We're in modern times. We're coming out of Egypt. We're coming out of bondage as a nation. As we were traveling in a wilderness, the wilderness of our mind, as we were traveling, excuse me? My apologies, apologies, brother. I'm I'm thinking, is it, would it be an economic system, collective economics, or a monetary system being uh, created? Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Don't forget that thought. The answer is yes, but don't forget that thought because it's going to get deeper as I read this. Now, look, I'm saying we're in the wilderness of our own mind and we're scattered throughout the four quarters of the earth, the Israelites are. I'm saying the tribe of Judah specifically is rising up in the wilderness of our own mind. We're traveling through the jungles of America where we got all manner of pestilence and all manner of lions and tigers and bears trying to eat us every day, all types of zombies and savages and sickness and disease trying to prevent us from getting to that promised land. And what I'm saying to you is even in that condition that we are in today, we still have these same practices among us. Notice they were practicing this without their own land. They were traveling. They were required to keep this as part of their culture. So keep that in mind. That means when we reach our goal, there's one body of law. And the sojourners among us, the foreigners among us, are to be treated with respect. And they are required to follow that law as well. Now, I'm saying that because this promised land is this economic, financial security that we are about to cross over into. And you must remember that when we were in the wilderness and we were traveling and we still kept this then. Under all circumstances, we are to keep this law, this culture, this standard of living. All right, now, let me jump down to verse 30. Uh, should I do 30? Maybe I should. Uh, let me do... Yeah, verse 30. But the soul that doth ought presumptuously, whether he be born in the land or a stranger, 
The same reproaches the Lord, and that soul shall be cut off from among his people, because he hath despised the word of the Lord, and have broken his commandment. That soul shall utterly be cut off. His iniquity shall be upon him. Here's what I'm saying. We're marching into this promised land. We're coming out of this mental wilderness. And if we have people that from this point on fall off, what does this tell us to do? It tells us point blank, verse 30, and that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Is that clear, Brother Shedrick? Very clear to me, brother. So we haven't been at a time like this before in this nation. We are presently here. And if somebody flakes the hell out, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Reason as follows. Well, let me do 31 again, because he have despised the word of the Lord. Now, what is this saying? It's saying that when you, we obviously have this book as our law, statutes, and commandments. And then if you want to go against protocol, if you want to rebel and try to do whatever the hell you think you are supposed to be doing, you're displaying despise for the word of the Lord. You're displaying it. You're breaking the law, statutes, and commandments. Therefore, what's going to happen is, from this day forward, what's going to happen is people that do not, if you come in this nation playing, anybody that's in this nation playing with this, they're going to lose all sense of right from wrong and go back further even more smitten with madness. When we were in this condition trying to come out of Egypt for the last six years, and some of these Negroes tapped out and went back to Egypt, quit on us. Oh, it's better over here. Well, you're going to be cut off from among your people. Read on as follows. This next couple of things are the most important things I want to share. And while the children, this is going to, well, just hear me out. And while the, verse 32, and while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. And they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron and unto all the congregation. All right, hold that right there. Uh, I'm trying to get my thoughts together so I can get this. Well, no, let me read on. So they found this guy. He's gathering sticks on the Sabbath day, which means he's working on the Sabbath day. So that's a transgression of the law. Now, what did they do when they found him? Verse 33, and they 
They that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron and unto all the congregation. Now, now keep in mind, they don't have a physical building, but they're being referred to as a congregation. It reads on as follows, verse 34, and they put him in ward because it was not declared what should be done to him. Brother Robert, what did they do to him? Sorry, brother. I'm going to get this phone off from you. Uh, sounds like that this individual has kind of uh, went into a form of asylum. Did you say? Very, very well put, brother. Now, mind you, they're in the wilderness. So what could they be doing to put him into an asylum? What what could they actually physically be doing? What could they what could they be doing? I'm just giving, just saying. Can you expound upon some real specific things that they could be doing? Uh, let's see. They put them into a form of asylum. I mean, they don't have any buildings, so uh, maybe I guess you're in the wilderness. Uh, maybe I'm just gonna take a crack at it. Maybe perhaps. They could have took some measures as in um, tying them maybe perhaps to a tree or some type of uh, having them into, like similar to what they used to do with the slaves. They used to have buildings for the slaves, and they used to put the slaves in these buildings to kind of hold them uh, before they would go ahead and utilize trade. That's what I would say, brother. Very well put. They could have done that. They could have tied them to a tree. But there's one specific word that I'm looking for from us. Anybody can say it. One word about what they did to him. They put that nigga in jail. Say that again? They put that nigga in jail. <laughs> they did, yes, they did put him in work in in, in jail. Yes, but they, one, they they dug a hole in the ground like a well and and stuck his ass in it. <laughs> there was nowhere for him to go. They out in the wilderness. You either going to do one or two things: put him in a hole, or physically bind him and restrict his personal movement. They will put. They could very well have done that. But I'm still looking for one word. Arrested. One, excuse me? He was, well, I'm just going based off of the, um, the ward word. Um, it just sounds like he was arrested and taken into custody. Because that, yeah. that's what minors are. They're they're in the, the custodianship of uh, a guardian or somebody that's uh, responsible. Yes. But that's, that's true. But once they do that, once they do all of that, what comes along with it? All right, I'm just going to say it. Status. 
They put them in a status. Mm. Okay, now now watch. This means whether they had a hole that they stuck his ass in or not, whether they had whether they tied him up to a tree. Which I'm saying, I, I have to agree that they probably did that. Um, whether they did that or not, they labeled him as a ward. They put a status on him and served notice to the entire congregation, the entire camp, that this guy was found committing a transgression. All right, now look. This word, indictment, indictment. Now, listen, an indictment is, it happens in one major way. Here's how it works. An indictment is when some so-called citizen or citizen or some official brings a complaint to a grand jury. Excuse me. Brings a complaint to a grand jury. The grand jury reviews the complaint, reviews the evidence, and determines whether or not this individual should be brought up on charges. Once they determine that there's enough evidence to bring this individual on charges, they go seize that individual. Now tell me, is this not what they just did in these scriptures? (laughs) That's exactly what they did. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. What is the next step that happens with an indictment? An indictment is a true bill. Mm-hmm. It's a true, wait a minute. It's a true bill. Hear these words. It's a true bill. All right, now, because it's a true bill, that means that there is a charge of a transgression that has a financial, commercial fine if this individual is proven guilty before the congregation. So the whole judicial system is judicial, is jury, is judge. The whole system is based on the tribe of Judah preserving this to this very day and teaching all of the sojourners that were among us. Hopefully that's clear. But let's listen and let's look at what else happened after they did this. Well, there's a true bill issued. They brought this individual to Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron, well, Aaron acting in a minister's capacity, also representing the priesthood, 
because the the original Levitical priest came through, uh, Aaron, and then they bring him before the congregation, not a place with walls. They're in the wilderness. Verse 35, and the Lord said unto Moses, the man shall be surely put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. Now, look. The judgment comes down upon him. But prior to a judgment, what has to happen? Here's what happens. The individual that is being charged must comprehend why they are being why these charges are being brought up on them. They must comprehend it. You haven't been proven guilty yet, but they go and seize you on an indictment and they put you in ward, in jail. As you're in jail, they give you an arraignment. What is an arraignment? An arraignment is them telling you what your charges are and them asking you, do you comprehend this? Yeah. Once you acknowledge that, and 99% of the Negroes don't get this, then you're signing your name to this, uh, this uh, acknowledgement, which is an affidavit of truth, of you saying you understand it. Then you have to go before the judge for or a jury and have a trial. The jury here is the congregation. The judge here is Moses. Very clear. Verse 36, and all the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him with stone, and he died as the Lord commanded Moses. Now listen. First problem with niggas. How are they out in the wilderness doing what I hope Shedrick sees his answer to? How are they conducting quote-unquote politics, quote-unquote government, in the damn wilderness, and niggas can't do it in this society. What's your excuse now? They're out there wandering around. They're conducting government. What's your excuse now? They're, and to answer Brother Robert, is this some type of commercial thing going on? Is this money-related? Well, yes, because... True bill is issued. There's a fine. It just so happens to be that the fine here is stoning and being stoned to death. But the wages of sin yeah. is death. Jeez. <laughs> right? Man. So, so you... Sir, say it again. Man, I have two questions. Yes, sir. 
at the arraignment, if the individual says he does not comprehend for some reason whatsoever, he just, it doesn't make any sense to him. And that's the only answer that he gives. What course of action follow? They're going to keep trying to make him understand. And if he doesn't, they're going to seize jurisdiction. You know why? Here's why. Because they already know that you understand. The way, the reason why they know is because they've already taught it to us in the school system. So they give you a chance to see what they're going to do is they're going to, they're going to examine you. They're going to say, okay, is this individual just saying this just so we can't move forward in proceedings? Because you hear that in this crackpot sovereign world. And then all of a sudden, then they say, well, they ignored the whole system. They ignored the law. They're not supposed to move forward. What they're going to pull out is they're going to say, see, we taught you this in eighth grade civics class. See, we taught you this in seventh grade social studies. That's what they're going to do. And they're going to move forward. You're going to try to play print? Oh, yes, sir. Go ahead. And the second part, in reference to if they were doing that in the desert, in the wilderness back then, why can't we be doing it now? If we are under this curse and have been deprived of our knowledge of self and ways of life and living, and we are being held accountable for something that we do not know of, where is the justice thing? Good question. Verse 29, you shall have one law for him that sojourneth, that sinneth through ignorance. Mm. (laughs) So So that applies to us today, even though most of us are still suffering under the spell, under the curse, even though we're ignorant of the law and our heritage and our traditions. We are still being held accountable for something we don't know. Well, here's the thing, though. This individual knew. They knew that they supposed to rest on Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Now, niggas know you should not be pimping women, selling them drugs, killing one another, gangbanging. Ain't a nigga walking that don't know they ain't supposed to be doing that. So where's the defense? Where's the defense? There ain't no defense. So you send it through ignorance? Well, you got one law that's going to apply to you. So it's no, it's no. And the whole thing is the commandments are written in this society, in their laws. Basically, the Ten Commandments are written everywhere in everybody's modern civilization. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not fornicate, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not lie. Those five are everywhere on this earth that is a modern-day civilization. So there ain't no damn excuse because everybody knows this. So, hey, 
even if we didn't put people to death like we like we should, understand Moses took them out of the jurisdiction of Egypt. So they were wandering in the wilderness where there was nobody but them and the law. So no, it ain't no Caucasoid beast that's going to tell us you can't put these guys to death because they don't have authority over us when we start reaching this point. That's my point. Shalom, minister. Um, can I also say this? Um, and I don't know if this is going to make any sense, but when we say, I don't think that, and it's just, I'm just going to say it, I don't think that it would be very uh, wise to um, want to be ignorant of the law because the same law is affording you your privileges and your rights. So if you don't even, you know, if, you don't know the if you know if you know your rights, you know the law. But let's say you just don't know your rights, still doesn't give you any right to not know the law. You know, but I yeah. Well that's a good point. But you know there's a flip side too to all of this. Don't sin. You ain't gotta right. be you don't have to be conscious of what I'm saying is look, I met a guy a couple of people that have never had a traffic ticket as much as a traffic ticket. They've never broken a law in their entire life. I've never killed. I've never stolen. I, I mean, I've lied, but, you know, I paid for that. Um, but don't do it. So as much as it seems kind of cruel, it's really not because there are people who have a propensity to just be rebellious, and then there are other people that have the same propensity equal to the, the opposite that just want to do what's right. And they do right whether they call themselves Hebrews or not. And it's not a title like that. They do right even if they're not Israelites. There are plenty of people all over this earth that are good people that do right stuff. So why would they, they wouldn't, that wouldn't be counted to them as ignorance just because they don't know this. It's because they don't do the things that they don't know in the law. They don't do them naturally. So they ain't got nothing to worry about. But you foolish, ignorant Negroes know that selling drugs, using drugs, prostituting your women, gangbanging, stealing. They all came up in the church. They know that stealing and, and lying and all and fornicating is wrong. They just don't, they despise the law. They don't want nobody telling them they can't fornicate their brain, out. <laughs> so, so in essence, uh, the individuals, and especially in this scenario, given full disclosure at the beginning, but instead what they did was they committed breach of contract because they were given full disclosure at the outset, but they chose to, to uh, go against um, what they already contracted them for because if they're coming on to someone else's, you know, particular land, uh, you know, like just, just putting yourself in that situation, you really got to understand 
what, like Brother Cedric said, what your rights are, what the laws are, um, and all the, all this particular information to be able to, you know, thrive within that society. Would that be fair to say, brother? You hit it right on the head, brother. That's it. And ain't nobody going to get out of this. I'm saying this because what we're marching to. Now, now I'm I'm not a fool now. We're not going to be under, we're not going to be on this land putting niggas to death and they U.S. citizens. (laughs) No. You're not going to do that. <laughs> the street Hebrews. <laughs> <laughs> if they show that they're going to do it. You can't yeah. tell them they're not doing it. They think they're going to do it. But go ahead, brother. <laughs> but, but I can tell you how we can do it on this land. Here's how. See, when you establish a body, I'll use the Amish. The Amish have the choice to use U.S. courts or not. When you establish a body, you have a choice to use U.S. courts or not. So we could bring them up on... Now, this is how an indictment works. Remember, an indictment goes to a grand jury. Now, what most people don't know is you can walk an indictment in you're not supposed to, but you can walk an indictment into a grand jury. You're not supposed to know who the jury members are because they keep them concealed and sequestered and stuff. But there's always a grand jury, whether there's a case going or not. And if they're in session or not, uh, well, if they're in some type of session, you can go to the, the head of the grand jury. You can ask a prosecutor to deliver it. You can do all types of things when you establish yourself properly to walk an affidavit of complaint to a grand jury, have them renew, uh, review it, and they can determine whether or not that is um, eligible for a indictment. So if it is, we can then command the, the U.S. Marshal, the court officer, or the sheriff to go arrest a party, bring them to trial, and who would the jury appears be? It would be us, our nation, and what and we put the information in front of the jury and then what happens? We could we could call for the death penalty and the US would carry it out for us. Simple. Very simple. This is not a game. True bill. Why is it a true bill? Anybody want to take a, a crack at it? Well, uh, I remember from when you uh, discussed uh, some time ago, um, it would be a true bill based on the fact that once you filed the bill or the complaint or the petition in with the court, uh, the court has to do a judicial review based on the complaint, the evidence in it. And once they, uh, the court, um, can solidify all the facts, 
then they will uh, do their summary judgment off on it and they'll mark it as true. Whoa, that was good, brother. Yes. But let's go a little broader. Um, I'm trying to think of a scripture, so give me a second to think. Oh, I just pulled the scripture out today. Uh, so... Hold on. One moment. Okay, sorry about that. Um, trying to think of a scripture. All right. I think this is going to sum this up. I just used this earlier on that thing that I wrote. I wrote something in the um, Key to the Kingdom thing. Uh, oh, about tithing? Yeah. Uh, let me just go Malachi 3. Why did I do that? Oh, boy. How I'm going to explain this is, um, well, once this catches up. So here's how it works. The point of there being a commercial fine, a commercial fine for transgression and for you to atone is for this very reason. Imagine... However much you make, however much money you make per month, think of your number. That's your personal business, but think of your number. So I'm going to round it off to $2,000. Imagine if you transgress the law, that means that they're going to fine you $1,000 if you're found guilty. If you're found guilty, you must pay that $1,000. Not up for argument. But you have a phone bill, a car note, a mortgage, a light bill, gas bill, water bill and you only got the $2,000 a month that you make barely covering all of that. So now you found guilty 
and you have to pay it. And you have to do a little bit of jail time or prison time. So now your life, you might lose your woman. You're going to definitely lose your house to foreclosure. Or let's say you don't have, you're not given a whole lot of time. Let's say you're only given 30 days. In 30 to 60 days, particularly in this system, you would have lost everything with them taking half of your money. So you have to make a decision. Am I going to pay this true bill or am I going to pay these bills to keep my house, my car, and all that? Now, here's the thing. What is this true bill really representing? Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and in offerings. Now hold that. Tithes are an uh, obligation for your own benefit. It's private banking, really. Offerings are for atonement. So imagine you get a true bill from your government. Who is this government representing? Well, let's let the, the scriptures tell us who this government is representing in verse nine. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Hmm. So you robbing the Most High by robbing the tithes and the offering. You're robbing the most high by not paying the offerings for this true bill that you're supposed to atone for. Basic question. Is it smart? Well, what should you pay? Should you pay, quote, unquote, God, or should you pay the most high first? And then try to take care of your bills, or should you pay the light bill, the gas bill, the water bill first? Cedric, what should you pay first? Ooh, if I wanted to save my soul, <laughs> I think it'd be wise to pay the most high. If we're if we're having this conversation, I would think it would be wise to pay the most high. Because, see, the thing about it is those bills or those, that light bill, you know, they can come and go. But you may not always have your light. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's how I would say that. Um, that gets to the average person that would sound real crazy. But I, well, we're spiritually having this conversation. We're having a spiritual conversation. That would make sense to me. I yield. I would hope it would make sense to you, brother. <laughs> you rob the most high when you rob the nation of your tithes and offerings. When the offering, I'm specifically saying 
these offerings, the difference with them, us then and us now, the offerings then were, they were mandatory, but they were, um, we just did it ourselves. Oh, man, I told a lie today. I got to go down to the temple and pay this offering, this sin offering. I got to go atone. You see what I'm saying? We This was already built in us, so we would automatically do it. But what has happened to us that we get a true bill indictment? We're indicted. We're found guilty. We got this true bill that now we have to pay for sure. And we decide we're not going to pay it. Now, if you don't show, if you don't show up to court to go to the trial, or if you do show up to court and you escape arrest, you can't go back home and cut your lights back on because they're going to come right there and get you. So now you're a fugitive. You can try to run to a different state. You could try to run to the west coast of Africa, but you're still a transgressor against the Most High. And it's going to follow you as a curse. What does it say? Ye are cursed with a curse. Why? Because ye, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. And every time you try to run from what you did wrong, and not pay that true bill, that curse is going to follow you wherever you go. And you cannot claim ignorance. You can be ignorant, but there's there's no excuse. There's no excuse. So you're robbing your own nation. You're robbing your creator because your creator is your nation. Now, as this true bill is issued and it must be paid, and you got to make a decision, do I pay this true bill or do I pay this gas bill? It's in place so that when you do these deeds, that you are reminded of what you did and how it threatened your livelihood. So when you lose things from your livelihood, that starts to make you think twice about your behavior. Brother Bernard, do you see that? Shalom, sir. I mean, man, the way you... You made that point, you know, you you think you can get away with it. You think you could get away with it. And the first thing that popped in my mind is Proverbs 15 and 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. You can't, you, you're not escaping anything, and there's a judgment in place every time you think you're going to get away with it. And, you know, another thing that, comes to mind is that seven point principles of awareness law of scripture in the history man you it's uh it's a, a eye opening class tonight on how we actually supposed to conduct ourselves righteously 
once again, you know, everything falls in place. And if you don't, you're going to get your head cut off. The Most High is going to put a judgment on you. And, um, you know, it, it, these, these scriptures are the laws. You know, the, the court system follows these scriptures. And, um, you know, the way you, uh, you're making it practical for us to understand and uh, hopefully it's getting our attention on how we're supposed to conduct ourselves because, you know, we, we're getting a lot of responsibility placed in our in our laps. And um, if we're not ready for it, we're going to be exposed. So that's why I'm myself, you know, I, I'm, I study every day and I don't try to walk around like I'm a holier than thou. I'm a humble brother. And uh, the Most High is very important to me. This nation is important to me. And I rep. And just want to represent myself as a uh, as a as a as a as a good bond servant for the Most High, representing tribes. You know, I I I want to um, I, I it's like a badge of honor, and uh, and I take it very seriously. So, you know, I'm just it's an honor to be here, honor to be with you, brothers, and uh, we 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 got to make sure we represent it the way we're supposed to. So as being a light to the people, when they look at us, they're going to know, man, there's something different about those brothers and sisters, how they conduct themselves. Whoever taught them, they taught them the right way. They're being obedient to the Most High, and everything falls into place, man. Everything does. We got all kind of examples. I mean, I look at Black Wall Street and how successful they were, but why they failed, because they didn't have the Most High first, breaking the Sabbath. There's just too many examples out there. We can't bury our head in the sand like we don't know. It's too much information out here, so uh, it's too many messengers out here. We, you, it's no excuse. So, you know, we got to learn this information. We got to learn how to utilize what we have and be ready to um, to wake our people up, I yield. Praise the Lord. And listen. We're tapping into some real power here. But these are the standards that we need to be living by. Not when we get to the promised land. We need to be living them now. Not that we're going to put somebody to death, but we sure should be, we can actually at any time bring up charges on somebody and take them to a court. And what chance do you think they have with all these minds in this nation, particularly this class, <laughs> to beat us in court <laughs> if we're the prosecutors? Let's say we have some of these people that used to be with us that slandered the nation, slandered your brother. What about those guys? What if we brought them up on charges? What chance do you think they have when we have signatures from from uh, covenants and um, you know privacy, your confidentiality, and we prove it? We prove that they breached. We prove that they committed treason. Understand that's real power. Now. Could we have done that? I really considered that, by the way, with Michael Argandolo. I really considered it. 
as far as taking him to court and doing that. But I let it go because it was it would take too much out of me to focus on that and I had to I had to sustain the nation. Because it was a real bad time. It was horrible. This it was humiliating for me. Like this Negro was just lying on me. Straight out lying. He told he told some truth, but he would spin it to turn the people against me on purpose. Man, that was wicked. Anyhow. Malachi three and five. And I will come near to you to judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers and against the adulterers and against false swearers and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger from his right and fear not me, save the Lord of hosts. For I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances. And have not kept them. Return unto them, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? And what do these Negroes say? Wherein shall we return? The mothership's going to pick us up. Jesus, <laughs> he's going to bomb America. No, if he does, if anything is bombed, you Negroes are going to be with the bombs. Because they have taught false doctrine. The white man is the devil. Oh, it's the white man's fault. Wait a minute. The Lord shall send an enemy to you. Who is an enemy to what's wrong? Someone that's coming to bring judgment upon the, the wrongdoer. So that's why these caucasoids became our enemies, because they have been trained by us in government law and commerce. And they told the whole earth, this is manifest destiny. God Almighty told us to come enslave these niggas. Now, how much more clear does that have to be? Um, Brother Liam, what are your thoughts? Yes, It's pretty clear. I mean, you've been going over um, the various aspects of how we really don't have a defense um, with respect to, you know, trying to plead ignorance. I I, I think we actually have a a better defense trying to plead insanity in most cases, but um, I'll say, you know, the the thing that really, um, you know, just kind of stands out to me, you know, in this whole discussion is that, the the reality is is that you have or we we've always had the um 
the, the, the record or the history of what it means to be civilized. And, you know, our people, if you look at it, you can look at, um, you know, the scriptures say, when you're born in sin, you shaped in iniquity. And um, you look at Torah, you know, Torah means instruction. And if you look at how we conduct ourselves, um, the, the one of the major reasons why we're in um, the condition that we're in is because we don't honor our forebears. We don't honor our mothers and our fathers. And the thing is, is that if we did, we would ha- we would have had what a lot of these cultures that have came out of that have sprang out of us, we would have had what they had, which is continuity. And so, in a lot of ways, um, you know, we're we're chiefly um, responsible for where we are, um, you know, in our in our condition. Um, we can't put that blame on anybody else because we're still um, conducting ourselves, you know, outside of um, what what I think is what what nature's um, uh, impact or influence is, you know, because uh, you know over your entire life, like like I, I'm my I got a great uncle that is a, pushing like. 85, 86 years old, and um, I remember having a conversation with him um, within the last, probably in a, within the last year and a half, and we just was, you know, just talking, and um, I, rem- I remember him saying, he's like, Lynn, you know, um, as we grow old, we're supposed to get better. You know, as we age, and so I, I looked at that in a deeper way, because you come here and you you a complete ego, and through a lot of those principles that we find um, you know recorded in scripture, you move from being an ego to ultimately getting on the path to enlightenment and and achieving that or or you know look resembling less of a monster and more of the Most High. And the thing is, is that, you know, those, that that instruction is designed to get you there. But the thing is, is that nobody's, well, I, I will say there there's a, a great contingent of our people that they, they talk a good game, but they're not really looking at, um, you know, coming back to, to truth and, and actually improving for real. And the thing is, is that if we um, fundamentally, if that was the goal, you know, if it was to actually be, you know, to go through this process of perfection, it will bring us back to these truths. But, you know, collectively, it it doesn't seem like, um, you know, that is, you know, at the forefront. And that's the reason why we keep getting beat to death out in these streets. Because we haven't come back to that, so um, I'll yield with that, brother. Very well put, brother. Very well put. And we have to, you know, 
really, let me say this. We are the Israelites. We're beyond a shadow of a doubt. But when you resurrect the people, according to street, if you resurrect an individual or a people, the first thing you do is call them by their name. And this is the name that was given to us as a surname. We're Ben Israel, Bad Israel. This is the name that the Most High put on us by nationality. And Jewish people have never claimed to be the Israelites. And this is a, a this is one of the major fallacies of our people. We keep thinking that they're trying to act like they're us as far as they're us as um, nationality. They're not. They're, they're trying to say that they're equating it with a religion. That's what they're doing. And they're not trying to say that they're biologically Israelites. And for the most part, I'm sure that there's going to be some that don't understand that they do. But they they are looking at the fact that it's their religion, you know. But anyway, because they know all those those uh, rabbis know that it's us. They know that. But look at this. Here we were walking into a power. I wanted to make sure that I went, went across that where it said that the sojourners. And the foreigners amongst us must go by these laws. So we should treat them with respect. And we should treat them accordingly for good and bad reasons. And with this power, you're going to be able to look into the psychology of a people. Now, you think about this and earn riches. You think about this now. You have to look into their mind, into their lifestyle and their habits, and you will be able to become financially secure. That's a heavy responsibility. It is not a joke. Guarantee somebody in this nation is going to flake out. <laughs> Somebody's going to flake out. More like I just, slip out. Excuse me? More like, more like flip out. <laughs> yes, sir. So, I mean, they flipped out when we didn't have what we have now, or they didn't have knowledge of it. Of course, somebody, you know, but my point is we still got to be patient with them. We still got to try to heal them from their madness, but it's not a game. It's not a joke because this type of responsibility can go to your head and you can start making all types of mischief with it. I don't want to see that because believe me, I am 1,000% for the death penalty. (laughs) I am. Personally, I am, and that is our charge. Don't want to have to carry it out, but believe me, I won't blink an eye if somebody's acting like a damn nigga. 
they better get together. And not to mention, this is the mind. What I'm trying to put get us to see, this power that we have, which is this technology and this information, what else could you need in order to achieve the security that you deserve as a righteous individual? Not just giving reparations or something like that to a bunch of savages that can't collect themselves, get themselves together, and formulate government. And then here's the thing. They keep running from the truth. Oh, the white man is just evil and wicked. He's the devil. He enslaved us because he just hates us. He's jealous of us because we're the chosen. How ridiculous is that? It's unbelievable that you could buy that credit. I, I can see to some degree, actually, why it would look like it's real. Because when they were sicking dogs on us and all of that, we're, we're looking at from a, a, a one-sided perspective. And I guess I can see that. But my point is, the Lord sent them. The Lord sent them. And they're not the best people in the world, but they know how to run government. So rather than marching, calling the white man the devil, calling yourself God and goddess, how ignorant can you be to think that you are a god and this other man is the devil, but you're his slave. <laughs> you don't know any of the knowledge that this man knows about running and governing, but all this stuff that these Negroes talk about is a bunch of spiritual this and that. And they never tie it into government law and commerce because they're not the ones that are supposed to. It's us. And you don't hear this coming out of Hebrews anywhere. You only hear this coming out of us. You hear bits and pieces. Some people talking about sovereignty. More is talking about some law. They don't get it. And they definitely don't really, they're not really able to reason to this capacity. Unfortunately, it's not blowing our own horn. It's the truth. We're charged with this. So, your solution is calling the white man the devil. Your solution is that you're God and he's devil. Your solution is that he's beast and you're Pan-Africanist, Egyptian, ancient God. And your solution is debating and charging your people $100 to get into a debate. That's your solution. So while the babies are being murdered, you're setting up a debate and charging people $100 to get in, you're making thousands of dollars every time you do it. You're paying the two participants, whereas the beast, the devil, hosts a national debate and puts it on television for free. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this. And you want to know what the real problem is? You, your, your solution is debating history and debating scripture. And you want to know who's going to perish. And like I've said, countless number of times, look, 
we never taught. There's no place in the scriptures where you see that it's only being, they're only quoting scriptures as, as teaching. They weren't going around teaching the people scriptures. They were living it and recording it. And then the Christ comes on the scene and he's trying to remind them. So he quotes it. Don't you all remember this? You all are that far gone. You don't remember this, that this is your culture. And they're like, ah, oh, we don't want to hear that stuff. They didn't even remember a lot of them, the common people. Now, of course, those Sadducees and Pharisees, some of them remember, but the common people didn't. And my point is, your solution is the white man's the devil. We're going to bomb him. Um, we're going to pick up guns. We're Black Panthers. We're going to, the mothership's going to bomb him. I'm God and he's devil. And you are that damn gone. We're biologically superior to them. Our, their brain only weighs, weighs so many ounces. Our brain weighs this amount of ounces. These niggas have lost their damn minds. It's, can I say, uh, I think, um, well, not I think, it's obvious. Uh, once you observe so many of the different characteristics that you're talking about, brother, is it's escapism. Um, yep. Mr. Lennon said this, I think, was well, last week. You know, he was speaking about um, uh, some some type of escapism, and it it really just comes down to you know when people don't uh, people don't like when someone tells them what to do, but when they don't know how to stop telling people, you know, or they don't know how to get people to stop telling them what to do, then they turn to something else to keep from having to deal with the reality of being told what. To do that, really, what it that's really what it's come down to, because as you just said, nobody's talking about the the government law and commerce aspect of it. But when you start talking about consciousness, you can get polite name come up. You can get the Hebrew Israelites, the committed community. You can hear about all these committed scientists. I mean, science, African spiritualities, and our people are black, or we're Pan-African, and this, that, and the other. But when you start talking about those specific, well, that's white people stuff. <laughs> so we don't have time for white people stuff. Well, have you ever tried looking in the scriptures because your remedies are in there? No, because they condone slavery. And I'm like, wow. So I get it. It's like you don't like being told what the – I mean, that, but that's from the – perspective of a debtor. A debtor doesn't like owing a creditor, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't like owing a creditor, but what do you expect the creditor to do when you don't want to pay your debt and you don't even want to change? You don't even, you don't even want to not become a debtor, I mean, a, a, a creditor. You just want to remain the debtor, but you don't want to be told what to do as a debtor. <laughs> That's a situation we're in. Um, and unfortunately, you start seeing all these excuses to not become a creditor. That's basically what it has come down to. Nobody wants to be a, a creditor, and everybody wants to be a consumer. Are you? Yeah. Death is is very warm. Death, doom, and destruction is their reward. 
they deserve it and are worthy of it. All of these, and, and the crazy thing is, I'm telling you, what it's looking like, the more and more I get into this, I'm telling you, the best people to reach amongst ours are Christians that are sincere. They are far better than these damn Hebrew Israelites, conscious community Negroes, because they are truth seekers. Now, there's people in those, those conscious communities that are, are salvageable, too. I don't want to, like, just throw them all away. But I'm saying because we can speak Scripture and show and prove, that makes it easier for them to be able to um, to turn their life around. Now, look, the black man's God, the white man's devil, the, the, the white man was um, genetically grafted from the black man. He was created by a mad scientist who, the, the mad scientist created the white man. All right. Do you all see how ridiculous this sounds? Because I'm saying it because the damage that this does to people that cannot fathom anything outside of that is almost irreversible. And these Negroes, for 70, 100 years, or however long ago they started the, the, this rhetoric, Nation of Islam and Five Percenters and all of them, these Negroes are so fixated that they are biologically superior to their slave master that they don't, they can't even think like this. That's not even on their mind. It's not even on their mind what they have to do to solve it. They don't think about government law and commerce, but they have the highest knowledge that there is to have. That is a tremendous mental impairment. And I hate to say it like that, but I've got to make it real so that you see how Foolish we are. We blame everything else. This is what our people out there are doing. Blaming everything else, trying to escape the judgment that nature has placed upon us. And you cannot do it. I don't give a damn if you hate the Bible. So what? Hate it. The other one loves it and is preaching out of it. And both of you niggas are slaves to the same beast. Now, how much sense did that make? You can't know what you're talking about in order to get out of slavery if the one that opposes what you believe in is still the same slave that you are. I mean, this is nonsense. Anyway, um, I had to, oh, let me see what this is. Sockshare.net? What is that, brother? There's a um, movie. It's called uh, Slaves of Dream. And it's about when uh, Joseph went to uh, Egypt and how he was basically um, working under the pharaoh. But I'm, I posted that in there because we talked about uh, death 
not and and it's interesting because um status came up in um some way somehow in the conversation we were talking about uh the book of numbers and there's a very very important scene in this movie I'm not going to explain it but when I say it sums up the whole status of death it, how it pertains to political status, it will blow your mind. And this movie came out in 1995. So I'm always looking for little movies, you know, that kind of just like, just, I don't know, makes me think. And it just so happened, this was like one of those like Bible movies, but I didn't know that they would put it in there the way that they did. And you'll hear it uh once you uh watch the movie. I don't think the movie is like really long, but it's um it it's had some stuff in there that I think some of uh, us need to really watch. Um and I just thought I would put it in there, brother. Thank you. Thank you, brother. I just bookmarked it, so I'm good. I'm gonna try to get to it. Um anyway um, I'm not going to be here on this line trying to teach this um, stuff like this because we're trying to make this into a study group um, so I can take this time off at least for a little while and um, so I can get to getting some other things in order. But it's really simple when you turn on government law and commerce in your brain and only read scripture from that perspective first. And then you have to plug in the natural law factor and then everything opens up. And it makes more sense than anything I've ever heard in my entire life. And I haven't seen anything that can basically quote unquote trump it because even if you take away, if if we if our people just said, okay, let's start with a brand new moniker. Let's forget all this Hebrew, um, Kemet, Panther stuff, right? If we threw all that away, we still had to sit down and come up with laws, statutes, and commandments, and we could call ourselves any damn thing, but we got to come up with government law and commerce. Now, why the hell? Is it not in their minds, the masses of our people are following religions, and then the so-called conscious awake ones are following things that they don't call religions that actually are religions. It's a bunch of ideology. And they cannot discuss government law and commerce. It, like, look. I saw where they counted up how much money uh, Sarnetta, has anybody seen this, how much money Sarnetta has grossed with these uh, debates? Has anybody seen this? No. I'm curious now. <laughs> he, grossed, he grossed over a million dollars. What? Yeah. Now, mind you, it's like this. The 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 debaters and all them, they got paid out of that. 
the venues got paid out of that. So that doesn't mean he took home a million dollars, but somebody counted how much it cost to get into the debate, the average amount of people that were there, plus they were, I guess they were doing pay-per-views on the on the internet or something. Somebody counted this and came up with over a million dollars. Here's my point. I'm not attacking Sarnetta, but look, if you're going to do that, if any of those people really had our best interests at heart as our, as our people, sincerely, why couldn't you have taken that money and built something with it for that? You, you got probably $800,000. Why could you not do that? Why couldn't you do something to formulate something to free our people? Because they don't have the knowledge and it's not their charge. Simple as that. That is sad. It's sad to see that these Negroes have generated that much money off of our people who are sincerely looking for truth. Wow. That is horrible. Um, very quickly, brother. You know what I thought about? I, and I don't really know uh, Umar Johnson is uh, all that well. From what I gather about the brother, I think he's. I think he's a Okay, brother. Of course, he get a lot of a lot of flack because he's still trying to build a school and no one has seen it. But now that brings up what I was going to say because he gets a lot of flack from the conscious community. Um, and I was thinking to myself, you know, him and Sarnetta have had these conversations about building a school for the people. And you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, since he brings so you know have so many people on his show that, you know, gives the brother so much love, I was thinking to myself, well, why don't he take some of that money and sponsor the brother? I mean, because at the end of the day, they can all benefit from it, if that's the case. I mean, they all have brilliant minds. They have the potential to teach and all of those different things. Why not put some of that money behind that brother, if that's the case? Since they all, you know, live in the same circle, you know, I, that's something I kind of just thought about. But then again, we're dealing with individuals <laughs> who want to save the conscious community. So I can kind of see how that will be hard to do. But I just threw that out there as a thought. You know. Well, I mean, they have the Messiah complex. You know, um, Omar Johnson is—he has a Messiah complex. He's—he's the—he's the savior of all Negroes. You know, I mean. It is what it is, and there's no possible way that these guys could come together because they really don't have a working knowledge of how to come together. Like, it's real simple, really. You get the minds that want to work together towards the same goal. We're all going to have some differences in the beginning, but the things that really are not different, we're getting killed in the streets, our people are not really financially secure, and we're definitely for damn sure not financially literate, and we're not politically literate. So how about we take that to the people and educate our people and raise us up that way and make sure we have a strict um, 
moral code for conduct. It's not that difficult. You got all these difficulties with quitters, backstabbers, thieves, egos, mental neurosis, is all of that. Just straight out mental illness with all this stuff, which does not make any sense. I'm like, I can't see how nobody has ever asked these Egyptologist guys to show the the connection to the transatlantic slave trade. I don't get it. Like, where's the your common sense? Because when you do, I, they probably won't want to do it. Because when you do, you find that they came from the west coast of Africa. They were in the kingdom of, of Judah on the west coast of Africa. And they were all, obviously they were the Israelites of the scriptures. But anyway, thank you all for being here, and um, we'll adjourn until next week. Shalom, shalom. Um, shalom.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.